Pastor Vaughn will also reach out to you during this week. You have in front of you, this is for me, a connect card. And on the connect card, you can list your information. If you're online, there is a connect tab. So please go there and list your information. What we'd like to see is that you either give a prayer request on the connect card or a praise report. We love to meet and pray for your needs confidentially throughout the week. If you're online, you may also list your prayers and praises. So we thank you for that. Good morning. Let me add my good morning to all of you. Thank you for coming today. It's a beautiful day. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And uh, it's it's a great day. You know, every Sunday we celebrate the same thing. Every Sunday we celebrate the same thing that we celebrate on Easter. And that's why we gather on Sunday, because it is Resurrection Day. And, uh, but we are so today, we just focus on what Jesus Christ has, has done for us, and we're, we are thrilled to do that. So, as Fran said, got all those, got all those things in, in the uh, Welcome Center. And, uh, uh, you know, we do three things here. We love... We love God, we love others, we serve, we serve God, we serve others, we engage. We engage one another and we engage the world with this good message of Jesus Christ. And it it is this message, it is this story that we celebrate every Sunday that is the salvation for the world, for every person in the world. And Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is this message of Jesus Christ that brings salvation to all people, all people. And uh, that's why we gather this morning. I want to remind us of uh, like uh, one of the things we do as we serve. We give generously to God, and so I want to encourage you to do that. We have some principles that we teach that we follow here, and today we're principle number six. Have we got that one up on the screen? And I invite you to read this with me. We give according to our ability and beyond. This stretches our faith. And, uh, and, it, and it says, all right, I, can, I know that I can give this much. Or I can give this much time. Or I have this much ability that, that I can give to God. But when we give beyond that, it forces us to be dependent upon God to do what we believe God is asking us to do. And so, therefore, it stretches our faith. And uh, there's a scripture that goes along with this principle. Uh, people have been doing this all over. Let's read this scripture aloud. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we, we just encourage you to give generously. Uh, there's an offering envelope to do that. But also, more importantly, if you feel God calling you to act in some way, we want you to be generous with those actions and, and use all your gifts in the way that God wants you to do. We're going to be talking today. I'm going to dismiss Fran. If you want to go sit down, I'm going to ask Ginger uh, to come forward. And uh, we'll be talking a lot today about uh, being involved in the community of faith by getting to know a small group of people. And, and it is so important to me here at Christ the Cornerstone that we engage one another in this way. I don't, I've said this, to, if people take our, our new members class, I say this, don't, if you're new here, 
Don't let a month go past before you have at least five names in your, in your hand of people here who you can connect with on a, on a meaningful level. And I know it's difficult, especially when you're new at a place. It's difficult to say, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so and, and I'm new here. And nobody wants to get embarrassed, things like that. But it is so crucial for us to have these small groups of people. And even if you're not involved in a formal small group, you need to have at least five people in this church with whom you can say, these are my folks. And when I get to church, I know so-and-so is going to be there. And, and we can ask each other how the week has gone. We can pray for each other. We can, they'll listen to me, and I'm willing to listen to them. More about that during the message. But we have many small groups that are already established, and I want to introduce you to some of those leaders as we go through this series. And Ginger is one of them. Ginger and I were talking this week, and uh, she remembered, oh, thank you. She remembered uh, when she started here, uh, she kind of learned something new. So, so you, you, you're told me about when you and Tom first got here yes. and yes. realized, well, if we're going to get to know other people in the church, here's how we're going to do it. And how, how did you, I'll let you hold that. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yes, when my husband and I started coming here uh, right after Labor Day of, of 99, and we were church shopping that summer, and then after we came here and a year went by, we were still coming. And so we thought, okay, looks like we're staying. So we started joining small groups a little bit at a time. I, I'm never one to, like, jump in all the way. And, um, but that is the only way you can get to meet people. That's right. You're a small and group. get to know Cause, them. Because yes. we don't have time to get to know each other on a meaningful level in this space. Uh, like this, it takes extra time. So we want to encourage you. And the first, uh, one of the groups you started was was led by a woman named Esther. Esther Hollis, and yes, who's so, gone to be with the Lord. Yes, yes. yes. And she had a rule. Yes, her rule was, and she repeated this quite often, um, maybe because it was all women, and she was afraid of women Men talking. Are the same I don't way. know. I don't want to go there. But anyway, <laughs> um, the rule was that what is said in this room stays in this room, and that. That confidentiality is so important because it builds trust. We all need people we can trust. Thank you, Ginger. Oh, you have a you have a women's group that meets. Uh, you study the Bible. Um, yes, um, we're we're stopping for the summer, um, so Don't we probably that. have four more weeks. Um, well, a good time but we'll, we'll start up again in September. <laughs> but we it's Thursday evening. I'm sorry, Thursday evening, and it's at uh, my house. Um, and. Yes. And, and what's said in your house stays in your house. Yes. You have no recorders, right? No, re- no, 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 no. Nobody's no got their cell phone on no. record. No. You need, you need that. So anyway, we're going to be introducing you each week to, to one of these small group leaders. And, and if, you don't, if you're not part of that, or if you feel God calling you to, to perhaps lead a small group, maybe you've been in a small group for many years, and the Lord's saying, okay, I need to get out of this group. They're great people, but the Lord's telling me, there are people in our church and in our community that don't have somebody to talk to meaningfully, and we need to do that. Anyway, thank you. Thursday nights at, at 6 o'clock. And, and, and I never seven, want, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Seven. I never want to say we're stopping anything. We just keep going. We're going to meet in September next. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're not stopping. <laughs> but you still got you still got four weeks before you decide to meet in September. Yes, yes. And we don't stop living in the summertime. We just do different things. Anyway, thanks. Um.
Let's see. I did ginger. Make sure I got my my things right. I want to do something. Is it right? Oh, we've got to sing some more. There we go. That's what we're going to do. Thank you, Bill. That was not my sheet. I want to invite you to stand up again. If you're, on, if you're watching online, let's, let's uh, spend some more time worshiping the Lord through music. Let's stand together. And let me offer this prayer, and I'll get my head together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what you have done for us through Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that we have a, a, a gathering today. God, yesterday morning, we had 500 people out in our field gathering and having fun. And it was such a great time, Jesus. So thank you for what you're doing among us and with us. And it is so good to be in your presence. Now, Lord, we're going to sing to you. And we know that you're going to hear your choir sing. And we're all your choir in one voice. Lift up our praises. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, this morning. Open our hearts and our minds so that we can receive the message that you have for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Continue to worship the Lord today. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished, the end is written, 
has lost its grip. The chains have been broken. And we have been set free. Is that good news to anybody? That we have been set free. Set free from the law of sin and death. Set free from oppression from the enemy. We have been set free. So here's the question today. Will we choose to get up and walk in that freedom or will we choose to stay in our bondage? Because it's our choice. We have been set free. Just like Paul and Silas when they were in the jail on that night and they began to sing and the chains were broken and the doors to the jail flew open. They could have just stayed. In fact, they did until the jailer was saved, but they could have just stayed there in their chains. God has set us free. Amen? Because He is alive, we are alive. Amen? Come on and give the Lord praise. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Today, when we think about the God, the Father who sent His Son to die for us, 
and to rise again. That Father that we serve and that we worship is not a God who sits on the throne with a whip or some list ready to pounce on us when we do something wrong. Over and over and over again, it doesn't matter how many times we run back to Him. He's there with His arms open. Amen. Father, we just want to thank You. Thank You, Lord, that You welcome us in. Thank you, Lord, that you've invited us, adopted us in as children. That you set us free and that you want a relationship with us. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The reason we hide from Him is because of our shame. But He already knows who we are and where we've been and what we've done. So part of that song says, I'm done with the hiding. We can hide our shame and we can hide ourselves from other people. But, you know, this is what this series that we're about to begin today is all about. Everybody can't comprehend your story, but as Pastor said, we need a few people in our lives that when they come up to us and say, how are you doing? We can, they're safe enough to give them the real answer. We all need people like that in our lives. And yes, God as our Father is exactly that for us. But He's created us to live in community. So, Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you, God, that you have created us in your image, in your likeness, to seek after you. And, Lord, when we get in trouble or when we're not in trouble, we can run to you. We can fall into that grace and be encouraged and strengthened and changed. So, God, today, as we begin this new series, we pray that you would bless our pastor as he comes to bring the message today. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move in this place. And, God, that as we leave here in a few minutes, we would be moved to make a decision to make a change in our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. And it's wonderful to hear you singing that fall into grace. I love that line. We don't, we don't have to grab it. Oh, we don't have to earn it. We just need to trust it. Fall back in it. I want to take a moment to read the story that brings us together uh, this morning. And this is familiar to all of us. At least it should be. Let's listen to this. The testimony, the witness... From Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, uh, this is the testimony that has been told to every generation since it happened. And I saw I saw a TikTok video the, the, uh, this morning, I think, that talked about um, the, the the detail that is in this story makes it convincing. And, and one of the points is that nobody would tell this story over and over again if it's a lie. We would have figured it out by then. And people don't die for what they know to be false. They'll die for the truth. And so those who witnessed this 
They saw it. Just as you and I see a traffic accident. Just as you and I see the birth of our children. We witness it. And though nobody may meet my children, I can tell somebody about my children and they trust me and they believe me that I have children. Some of you have never seen my children. (laughs) Believe me, I have children. I have stories, right? I have stories to prove it. We have a story to prove it. Let's hear it. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. I think that's just, if, I found a, if I'm walking in the cemetery and there's an open grave there, I am not going to jump down in it. But they went in and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, uh-huh, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now this, this word dazzling does not mean they were bedazzled with plastic jewels. It means they were glowing with a light coming from the presence of God with them. These women were terrified. Uh huh. And they bowed their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He doesn't belong here. He's not here. He has risen from the dead. Notice the tense. He is risen from the dead. He didn't, he, not in the past, but is means he, he came back to life and he is still alive. That's what it means. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and he would rise again on the third day. And they did remember that he said these things. So they they rushed back to the tomb to tell his 11 disciples, everyone else, what happened. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what happened. The story sounded like, I love this part, the story sounded like nonsense to who? Oh my gosh. And so the men didn't believe it. Well, don't sound so surprised, Gwen. (laughs) However, Peter jumped up. He ran to the tomb to look and stooping. He peered in and he saw the empty linen wrappings. Somebody has calculated that Jesus' body was wrapped in 75 pounds of cloth and spices. Now, if that 75 pounds of cloth and spices is sitting over here, you're going to notice it, right? You know, we talk about the Shroud of Turin. We talk about the, 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 the Jesus and we think it's just, you know, a little bit of toilet paper wrapped around him. No. 75 Go get 75 pounds of toilet paper. Then, he went, then Peter went home again. Look at what it says. Wondering what had happened. He still didn't believe it. He just wondered about it. But the thing I, wanna, I want us to focus on this morning in this story is that the women went to the tomb in a group. And the, the, the men were in a group back someplace else. And it it reminds me how important groups are. And I told you we were going to talk about this. Come on, Eric, let's 
pull this out. I need the help of several people. I just need you to be bold and come right up here with us. And uh, children, if you want to help me with this great big parachute, uh, and well, I need people around this thing. Come on, come on, come on. If you want to hold it, come on up. There you go. There you go. Grab, grab an edge of the parachute, and let's see how big it is. There, now they're getting a clue. Go down the steps. We've got to stretch it out as big as we can get it. All right, you're going to have to go down the steps because it's not going to fit on the platform. You got back up, Achilles. All right, let's let's get it. We need some more people over on that side. There we go. Let's let let's let the little ones be involved. Let's see. Hey, Jack, do you want to come sit in the middle of it? All right. It, it, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> So glad we got engineers to be that can figure these things out. That's beautiful. Okay, let's hold it still. See, I said that just in time. And of course, it was Daniel's son that started wiggling it. And, and, and all right, all right, we got the old, we got the teenager doing it. Okay, let's pretend that all of us around this parachute are helpers. And in the middle of the parachute is your life, is my life. And if this was a parachute and it was me just alone, I would be falling from the sky. What would connect me to the parachute? Right? What do you think? My arms. What else, though? Because it's way above me like this. I've got something coming down to my shoulders. What's going to come down to my shoulders? What? I didn't hear you. Strings. Ropes. Strings, whatever, right? So normally a parachute is connected to me with all kinds of ropes. But let's imagine that instead of ropes, there are people connecting me to my parachute. Grown-ups, you may understand this a little bit better. And as we float through life, we need people around us to support us through life. Is that true? Psychologists say we need at least 20 people in our lives like that. And we need 20 people to support us. So imagine yourself floating through life, and you're connected to your parachute, which is called life, by other people. So i got Eric on this side, and, and Eric's part of my parachute, and I'm flying through life, and I look up, and there's Eric. He's got one hand on the parachute. He's got his other hand hanging on to me. Thank you, Eric, for being part of my life and helping me through life. But I, Eric's not the only one. I got David. I got Lee. I got all these people around me. And here's another powerful thing that if I, Eric is part of my parachute, he's hanging on to me, I have to be part of Eric's parachute. So that as Eric is going through life, it's mutual. We all need these kind of people in our lives. Let's see. We're going through life, and all of a sudden, Eric is no longer in my life. Back up. And David is no longer in my life. Back up. Lee is no longer in my life. Back up. What's going to happen to my parachute? I'm going to, I'm going to start falling a different direction, right? And I go, oh, no, my life's not going the way it's supposed to go. It's not as nice. It's not as easy as it used to be. What do I need to do? You think I need to find some more people? Or maybe I've said something to Eric that made him angry. And he, and he said, ah, Roger, I didn't like that. I'm going away from you. What do I need to do then? I might need to do, hey, hey, Eric, 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 I need you. What happened? 
I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I put him on the spot. He's like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I am sorry what I did. I, I, I want to. I know that we're human and we do these things. And uh, can you can you come back? I need you. I need you to hold me up. David, can you come back? Lee, can you come back and, and help me? I'm sorry what I did. Now, sometimes something bad happens. Maybe let's say Eric gets sick, and he's no longer able to be part of my network, my parachute people. And then I need to find a new person, not to take Eric's place. Because nobody can replace Eric. He's a fabulous guy. But I still need, I still need a, a different person to help me. Where's that person? Back there. <laughs> okay, you can come back in for the sake of this. All right. So you understand what I'm saying? We all need people. Now, when we're little, God places us into a family. And that's our first network of people. But it's not just mom and dad and brother and sister or whoever. It's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. And then you got another grandma and grandpa. And you got cousins. And you got friends. And you got neighbors to help us through life. And we all need these people to be this for us. God created us this way so that we could be dependent on one another. Eric, I'm going to slide over here. I'm going to ask you to go over there. Go, go back and get the beach balls. Uh, David, why don't you move over this way? We'll take up the space. We're just going to have a little fun now. And uh, let's, let's wiggle this. Let's get some air going underneath this thing. There you go. All right. Throw a beach ball on there. See what happens. Boom. 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 <laughs> Boom. I'm going slow. Boom. All right. Woo. All right. Let go of your side, David. See if we get a let go. Let go, David. We got David over here. Oh, no. All right. All righty. So. What happens? What does the wind do? What did the wind do? It blows. The wind blows and it, makes the, it made the balls go all over the place. We read a scripture, and we're going to read it again, that talks about how we don't want to, we, we don't want to be blown about by every idea wind. And uh, we need people to help us get through those things. Now, uh, Miss April is going to come up. Miss April, if, if children, if you want to follow Miss April down to... Uh, down to a room for some more activities and other lessons. You can do that if you want to stay here with your parents. Just go back to your parents. And uh, but now's the now's the time for uh, you guys to to go away. Thank you for your help. Let me say a prayer, and then we'll watch the bumper, and then we'll have the rest of the message. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for creating us to need others. We're never alone. And even, God, when we feel alone, we're not alone. Especially when we trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Help us continue to think about these ideas and be with the young people as they go with Miss April or stay here with us. Help us, Jesus. Continue to listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you're going to go with Miss April, go ahead and... Go with Miss April. Uh, if you, Eric, wrap that thing back up and let's get it back in the box. Thank you. Let's roll the bumper. Life, it can be hard. But we were never meant to run this race alone. We were made for community. Each one fulfilling their calling so that others can learn and become mature. 
then, as Ephesians 4.14 tells us, we will no longer be blown about by every wind of teaching. Unity comes when we find, when you find, the place where you belong. You belong. You belong. You belong. Thank you all for playing with the children with that. I don't know, maybe that was enough sermon for you. But I got more. How we doing? Okay, let's go fast. Hopefully, you get the idea. You belong. Let's look at Ephesians chapter, uh, quickly, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. And uh, if you want to follow along in the Bibles that we've got here, it's page 979. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4. We're starting this series, starting today. We're going to continue it. We're going to do kind of a, a walk through this book of Ephesians, and we're going to apply the lessons to our lives as we live them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Or even, I mean, there are people out in the world that need the kind of community that Jesus is teaching us to, to be to others. And it's not just within the church. Jesus wants us to go outside and, and bring people and help them experience this as well. A couple of weeks ago, I got a phone, well, somebody, we got a phone call at the church and a young lady asked if we had any groups where they could come and she was speaking a very broken English. So English was not her first language. Uh, she was asking, do we have any groups that meet here, that she can come and just practice her conversational English. What does that say to you? That says to me, not only did she want to learn the English language, but why would she want to learn the English language? Because she wants friends. And in our country where English is the the, the language that is spoken the most, she wants to be able to get to know people. And she's, she's calling the church and saying, I want to get to know people. I want to know my neighbors more than just saying, hey, how are you? I need fellowship. I need friendship. We all need this. And so she called us. She came. She and her sister came one day to help us with our Hope Lunch, which is a, a lunch we provide uh, on Wednesday mornings for anybody that wants to show up. Uh, when, 11 o'clock, we have a little, uh, uh, we read some scripture, we talk about the scripture, uh, we have communion together, and then we have lunch together, and then the, then the folks that leave, if they need a bag of groceries, they take a bag of groceries home with them. So if you know somebody that might enjoy that, or if maybe you would enjoy that time together, I invite you to come every Wednesday at 11 o'clock right here at our Bear Campus. So these two women came to, to help serve uh, lunch at the Bear Campus. So we thought, okay, while they're serving lunch, they can have con conversation. And uh, they came and did that. And, and uh, I haven't seen them since. I don't think we scared them away. They're beautiful, two beautiful women. And they have a, they have, one of them has a beautiful young girl. And uh, hopefully they'll come back. But maybe God is asking some of you, saying to some of you, you know what? I am experienced in helping people with English as a second language. Maybe God is saying to you, I can be part of that group. And so I want you to call Chrissy <laughs> or call the office and uh, get some more information about that. And we're, we ask God to pull that together for us. But our series kind of has the key verse. Here it is. 
chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. And this is the goal of what Christ has for us. And he puts us together in community so that we can grow and mature. Let's see what he says. He says, then, then being when we when we get to that place, when we are mature in the Lord, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by people who try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. I got scammed the other a couple of weeks ago uh, on uh, with a with an advertisement on email, and I know better. But it but it sounded like the truth. I can't remember what store it was. Costco. I got a, I got an email that looked just like the Costco emails that I get, and and it, and it enticed me, and it convinced me, and I clicked on it, and I did what it said, because I thought this is the right thing, and I entered my credit card number, because <laughs> I was convinced. Because they were slick. And I hit enter. And I just glanced at the, the address for the email. And I said, oh, that's the wrong email. That's not Costco. I immediately called my bank and said, I need a new card. Two days later. No, that day... I had I had a charge for like maybe nine dollars on my credit card, but I knew I had already canceled the credit card, so no problem. Two days later, I got an email from some store in California thanking me for purchasing nine hundred forty nine dollar handgun. <laughs> And I needed to call them to, to do something to get this thing. Thank you, Jesus, that I had glanced up and saw that email address. There are people in this world that, can, that have so, things that sound so much like truth that we can fall into those traps like that. And, and, and credit card fraud is not the only thing. There are people in this world that talk about religion and they talk about Jesus. They talk about other religions so convincingly that it sounds like the truth. But it's not. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the witness. Remember, I talked about witness earlier and how you believe my witness when I tell you I, I have two children. One of them got married three weeks, months ago. And you can say, oh, he's just making up a story because he's a preacher and that's what preachers do. You can believe that if you want, but it will get you nowhere with my children. The story is true. We can trust it, and when we trust it, we get what it leads to. New life, forgiveness, peace, the hope of life for eternity 
with Jesus. That's what this story gives us. Instead, we will, instead of listening to those clever lies, verse 15 says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing. I love that word growing. I'm a farmer. I've seen lots of things grow. But you also grow. You grow because God created nature to grow. And you are part of nature. And you don't have to work at growing. You're going to grow whether you want to or not. So you've got to make some choices about how you grow, where you plant yourself, what kind of nutrients you put in your body, what kind of people you're spending with, what kind of thoughts you put into your mind. You're going to grow, and those are going to become part of you. You've got some choices in how you handle that. You're going to grow. Which direction? Growing, he says, in every way, more and more like Christ. That's the goal that God has for you and for me, to become more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now we're going to go in verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God has a beautiful plan for your life. That involves you continually growing and maturing. I'm going to say this, said it last night. It's harsh. These are harsh words. Sometimes we need to hear them. And, and, and I hate saying this because it sounds so harsh. And I'm a nice guy and I want to say nice things and I want people to like me. And I hate that phrase, we'll speak the truth in once. You know what? People abuse that. And they say, I love you, but Egh! I don't want to do that. But the truth is, we need to take responsibility for our lives and mature. Let me say that the harsh way. That was the polite way. Mm. Grow up. Grow up. Because God created us to grow up. Not to be like children. Not to be selfish. To let those, those selfish things, those childish things go away from us. None of us raises a child to be a child. We raise children to be mature. And God wants us to be mature. Oh, Jesus. I hate saying grow up because I hate it when people tell it to me. <laughs> well, we've got to grow up, folks. Oh. I want us to go back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. Now, the, So what I just read in chapter 4 was kind of the overarching theme for this entire series. We're going to work on growing up and growing up together, maturing in Christ. And in order to do that, we need each other. We need to be part of a group. And on your table or on your chair is a little card that's got a semblance of a parachute on it. And, and I want you to write your, and I want you to take that card right now, and we've placed a pen on every chair. We've placed pens on every table. Take that out. Put your name. And if you're online, go to the U version, and you can see a picture of this, what I'm handing out to, to the folks here in the room. Put your name in the middle of that parachute. And around 
the five circles that are around that central name, I want you to name at least five people who you know are already part of what's called your psychosocial kinship network. <laughs> that's, a big, that's a big word. These are people who support us through life. It's going to be people from your family, going to be people from work, maybe college classmates, maybe uh, uh, old friends from, from the neighborhood, whatever. But these are people who, as it says on the card, these are people who you can trust. These are people who, if they ask you to help move the refrigerator, or you ask them to help move the refrigerator, you know they'll come, or at least they'll make a good effort to be there. <laughs> at least once. You know how that works. These are people who listen carefully to your hurts, to your concerns, and, and your dreams. They get to know who you are. You trust them as much as they trust you because it's a mutual relationship. Who's around your circle? These are people who will help you in any time of need. I call these your parachute people. Like I said, probably include friends, family, co-workers, classmates, close neighbors. This is one of your small groups. Some people don't like being involved in a small group. I don't want to be involved. I've got to talk about things I don't want to talk about. But somewhere you've got a small group that you already belong to. My question to you today is like we saw what happens when the parachute loses somebody around it. When your life loses somebody out of your network, you start sailing along in awkward places and awkward ways. And you grieve and you cry out, wait, what happened? What's going on in my life? I need some help. And I am so grateful for those college friends who live thousands of miles away from me that when I call them on the phone, they will listen to me. And I know that as we get older, our friends die off. And, and we're the only ones left in our family. We still need people around us. That's what Christ wants the church to be. I don't want anybody at Christ the Cornerstone, whether you're at this campus or the other campus or even our online campus, I don't want you to, 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 to go away angry that nobody paid any attention. But you have got to make effort also to establish those relationships. Do it quickly. And when you realize that you've lost people out of that network, get back. Take the risk to become vulnerable and find somebody new in your life who can support you in that. Jesus wants this, wants us to do this. We need to be adopted into God's family because His family is the only eternal family. So let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And that's on page 977. There's no number on that page, so go to 978 and then go backwards. 977, Ephesians 1, verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are, what's it say? United mm, with Christ. Look at verse 4. Even before He made the world... God, what? Loved us. Even before He made the stars, even before He brought the water together, even before He made the land rise out of the water, God 
chose you for life. To live. To experience love. You've got to trust that and believe that. Live in it. Enjoy it. Fall into that grace. Even before He made us, God loved us and chose us in Christ Again, to what be holy and without fault in his eyes. Anybody here not made, not have any faults? Does anybody here perfect? I'm I'm going to get my words right. Is anyone here perfect? Oh, somebody said yes. (laughs) That was a a preacher story. No, all preacher stories are true. No, oh my gosh. Jesus, if you think that you can't participate in the family of God because you are guilty of something, and we all are, this is what Jesus has done on the cross. Jesus has forgiven our sin. So that when we stand in the presence of God, whether it is on that day when God makes all things new, or whatever that day is going to be like, or whether we stand in the presence of God in a church, or whether we stand on the edge of the a cliff of, of, the, of, of the Grand Canyon, and we are so amazed at what God has done, surely this God wouldn't even care with this guilty me. Jesus died on the cross so that we can stand in the presence of God And He does not blame us for our sin because Jesus paid the price for us so that in the eyes of God we are pure and holy. But if you don't grab hold of Jesus, you don't have that purity placed over you. Only through Jesus are we made right in the eyes of God. Of God. But that's what Jesus does. That's what his death on the cross does for us. He chose us. Where was I? Yeah, something like that. Verse 5, fault in his eyes. Verse 5 says, God decided in advance. Again, he, Paul emphasizes to adopt us. Into his own family. How? By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Love this next phrase. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Thank you, Jesus. He wants you. And Jesus wanted to do what he did. We remember Jesus, you know, you watch the Passion of Christ, or we just read his Passion story. We see that when Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says, God, Daddy, if this experience, he says, cup, if this experience can pass from me, take it away. And then he surrenders himself and submits himself to his Heavenly Father, and he says, but not my will. Yours be done. Jesus chose to go to the cross for your forgiveness and mine. It gave him great pleasure to use. Six says, so we praise God for our glorious grace he's poured out onto us. Who belong to his dear son? He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom 
with the blood of His Son and forgave our sin. He showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. I want to tell you a story. Back in 2004, I was the pastor of some uh, three churches all at the same time. I traveled nine miles every Sunday morning, and I was back at my house, and I had been to every church <laughs> and preached the same sermon to all of them. There was a family in one of those churches. The dad's name was Alfredo. He was married to Linda. Their last name was Chavez. They were foster parents to a, an infant they named Danny. They fostered Danny for four years. Finally, the system allowed Danny up for adoption. Linda and Alfredo decided that they wanted to adopt Danny. He was the only parents that they knew. They had nurtured him. They had fed him. They had changed his diapers. They cared for him. They, they helped him heal from his sickness. They were his mom and dad. They couldn't bear to send Danny to any other family. They wanted to adopt Danny. So they went through the process and the day came for Danny to be to go to court and for the court to say to to affirm the adoption. And I'm going to tell you what happened in that courtroom because they asked me to come and witness it. Let's see, make sure I get the right page. In the courtroom, the process, this is in northeastern Pennsylvania, and it may vary but slightly in other places, but there were these three things that happened. The first thing that happened was a declaration of the representative of the state agency on child services. So somebody had to watch over Danny from his birth while he was in the foster care system. And somebody from that authoritative level needed to make a declarative statement about Danny. So that representative from Child Services took the stand in the courtroom, was sworn in, and said these words on the behalf of the state, powerful authority in our nation. That person said, it is our opinion that it is in Danny's best interest to be adopted by the Chavez family. I want to make some comparisons between what Jesus does for us and what is happening to Danny. Jesus is the one who is standing in the courtroom between you and God. And Jesus is announcing to his heavenly Father that it is in Darren's best interest to be adopted by the Heavenly Father. Jesus is your advocate. And He speaks up for you to His Heavenly Father. And place your name in there. It is in your name. Jonathan's best interest to be adopted. So let me do that again. And you shout out your name. It is in best interest. Best interest. You can't live your full life without it. If you try to live your life without it, you are not living your life in your best interest. It is in your best interest to be adopted by your Heavenly Father. That's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened, the, the, the judge turns to the parents 
And he questions the parents. He turns to Alfredo. Alfredo was called to the stand. Alfredo puts his hand on the Bible and is sworn to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. He's taking an oath. And the judge asks Alfredo, are you aware of the implications of the actions of the court today? Alfredo says, yes, I am. Little Danny, four-year-old, he has no clue what's happening. And on behalf of Danny, Alfredo says, yes, I know what I'm doing and I willingly enter in to this commitment. The judge asks Alfredo another question. Do you understand that this child will rightly be included in any inheritance you may pass on to others? Now let's transition to Jesus. Heavenly Father is looking to Jesus. Jesus is the one paying the price for us to be adopted, just like Linda and Alfredo were making the commitment to bring Danny into their family. Jesus makes the commitment to bring you into your family. And what was that last question? God says to Jesus, do you understand that this child, Jonathan, this child, Darren, this child, Lawanda, will rightly be included in any inheritance that you, Jesus, may pass on to them? What is the inheritance that Jesus has for you? Everlasting life. This is an adoption that lasts. And during the time of questioning, the parents are asked this question. What name do you wish to give this child? You see, being adopted changes you so much that your identity is changed. And we call you something different. Some of us were baptized. I was not baptized in the Catholic Church. This was not my tradition. But in the Roman Catholic Church, what is one thing that the family does for, for, for the child that is baptized? They bring them there and the priest says, what name is given to this child? Have you received a new name from your Heavenly Father? Have you received a new life? Linda said at the beginning of the service, Jesus, today is your birthday. I don't mean to correct you, Linda, but Jesus, this is Jesus' rebirth day, and it can be your rebirth day, too. God will give you a new name. The Bible says, those who are in Christ are new people. The old is gone. The new has come. This is good news. And finally, when those proceedings were finished, the judge issued his decree. The judge declared, I hereby order the court to issue the decree of the adoption of Daniel to Alfredo and Linda Chavez. It is finished. Woo! I'm inviting you to make some decisions today. First of all, come into the family of God. If you are out there alone, you, 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 you blame yourself for so many things in life. You just think there's nothing but despair. Maybe you've put, a, put, a, put aside the Scripture as anything that can be trustworthy. I dare you to trust it. 
I dare you to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust it. Come and be part of my life. I want to be in that family. I want to know that peace. I want to know that joy. I want to know that forgiveness. Show me that you are true and he will send his Holy Spirit upon your own spirit to witness to you that you are a child of God. You can make that decision today, whether you're online, whether you're here in the room. I also want you to to think about the the network that you have around you. And if you need help, if you need if you know that your life's not going the right way, in part because you don't have the right people around you, I want you to decide to do something about that. What will you do? And one thing you can do is, is, is connect with us. Write it on the connect card. I need, I, need a, I need a small group. I need new friends. I need true friends. I need honest friends. I need people that I can trust that what's said in the room will stay in the room. I need people who can pray for me. And I need people whom I can pray for. It needs to be mutual. Write that on your connect card. Drop it in the baskets when you drop. Write it on the connect card online. Don't let a day go by. You're not asking Jesus for you to be part of his family. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your peace, for your new life that you give to us. What joy there is in the family of God. Jesus, I know that we in the church, we're all hypocrites. We are all hypocrites. Every one of us. Because we can't do what we say we're going to do. We want to do what we don't want to do, but we end up doing what we don't want to do. But your mercy continues to flow over us. We confess our sins. We confess our faults. And we come back to you, Jesus, saying, forgive me. We go to our brothers and sisters and we say, forgive me. And we plead with you once again, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. For you have a plan for our lives, God. (laughs) And we want to follow it. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we continue to sing, I invite you. Maybe you want to come here and kneel at this platform to make your decision solid and say, Jesus, I'm here to give myself to you. I invite you to come and kneel. If you want to go to one of the prayer stations that are in the back corner of the rooms, there are people there who would gladly pray with you about anything. Anything. They will do that. Bless. Let me ask you to stand as we, as we sing and enter into a time of prayer. God bless.
Unless you come, 
shame that keeps us from sharing our lives with other people in relationship because God that's what you want with us the creator of the universe you want a relationship with us so Lord we model that in our relationships with other people with fellow believers with those who we can share our experiences with share our lives with They can be our parachute people that that can hold us up, that can hold us accountable. You might be thinking in this room tonight, today, I'm just, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not talented enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not eloquent enough. I'll get in a small group and I'll say the wrong thing or I'll say something stupid or people will find out who I really am and they won't like me anymore. have to trust people just like we trust God. No, everybody's not made to hear our entire story. But God, you put us on this earth to live together. The psalmist said, blessed, said, blessed are those who who live together in unity. How beautiful, how wonderful it is. So Lord, we pray today that you would remove any barriers that we have to allowing ourselves to become vulnerable to other people in our lives, in our circle. And as we go today, we pray that your spirit would go with us. We're just going to continue to spend a few minutes in prayer and in worship up here. If you still want prayer, then you can still come down to the front. There's still folks at the prayer stations. If you're online with us, uh, our online counselors, prayer counselors will be around for another 15 or 20 minutes. If you still need prayer, don't leave this building today or sign off online until you pray with someone and they can encourage you. God bless you. And not for us.